Hey, welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith, and joining me as always is Pastor Barry Edgman. Pastor Barry Edgman, how are you doing, sir? You know, Keith, um, I'm I'm good. I w- I've been looking forward to today. Get to hang out with you in front of a mic. We don't get to do that much. No, we do about once a week oh, we for do. about 48 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes 54. Sometimes 54, but never 102. And you know, <laughs> although it's been requested, <laughs> but we do talk in the mic, in the screen, the spit screen. Is that what it's called? Spit screen? It's pop filter. Pop filter. And so when I say pop, it doesn't, it pop, doesn't sound. Yeah. It, the, the but we do, hit. we do practice in the pop screen before we turn, turn the, turn the switch on, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's roll. What are we doing? Is that it? Well, I I'm just glad to be here. I enjoy I enjoy hanging out with you. Okay, so we're in the middle of a series. What's the series titled? The series title is What If. What if? What if? Last week we talked about. Last week we talked about what if you could do anything you wanted to do: time, money, geography, people, personnel, approval. Was no hesitation. There was no personal or or felt restriction. You could just do whatever, whatever you wanted to do. And we talked about several of our friends who were in a situation where they had a dream and they, it had, it had floated around in the, in the nether world because they, for whatever reason, didn't put legs to it and go do it. So, and then we, we, we solutioned it. Is that a word solution? Yeah. yeah, We, we solutioned it. We solved all the world's problems. We do. Actually we do. We do here. One podcast at a time. On Wednesday morning, and we do on Thursday nights. Yeah. It's too bad that Thursday nights is not a pod. I, I propose that we do, when we get some new facilities, which those are forthcoming, and we could talk about that maybe later. But yeah. w- when we get some new facilities, I vote that we put some mics in the room. I do too. And and well, actually, actually, I don't know what we would, I know what, I know what I think I would call it, but I'm not going to say it right I mean, now. <clears throat> I mean, obviously- were so people would know there's mics in the room. No, yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> not, like not there's one a, of those situations. No, yeah. So there's a there's a couple of ways we could do that and put some, um, put some serious discussion on the table. I think that, I think that some of the things we talk about sure would be, um, sure would be helpful to this audience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess if you have no idea what we're talking about, none of that made sense, but yeah, we were, we're looking at expanding, buying more real estate yeah. in, in the city. Yeah. Um, and with the sole purpose of if, if we believe in our, in our purpose as a church, which is to, uh, spread the, spread the word, yeah. spread our culture yeah. to the community. The yeah. only way you spread culture is by getting inside the community. Right. Right. So raise the watermark and right, affect it. Right. So, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a large advocate of the philosophy of buy some businesses, infect our culture inside those businesses, mm-hmm. and then have people not know that the church is really affiliated right. with these businesses. Right. Have those businesses stand alone, as, yep. as in they pay their own bills. Right. They're a, they're a functioning. They're their own deal. They're their they're own, a for profit business. They're their own businesses, yeah. and then the profits go to going back into our community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I'm a big proponent of that. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that, uh, but the exchange. Coffee mercantile and eatery is just that. That was that was the brainchild of the Hennessy's and yeah. And it, it's a business that stands alone, doesn't ask yeah. for anything from the church, but actually gives quite a bit to the church. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's a business and the community. Yeah. It's amazing. Like when Sonny and Sean talked about that, 
And if you've not heard it, our vision night thing, they talked a lot about how that works and yeah. how that functions in the city. And um, it's a standalone business. It yeah. pays its own bills. Yeah. It pays its own staff. Pays and its own taxes. It's a good food. It's good food too. Great food. Like coffee. The coffee's sensational. Yeah, it is. It's probably. It's probably if you go there on a Friday, Saturday, uh, it's standing room only. Yeah. Yeah. I've oh, never, for sure. I've never not been when it's not standing room. Which can be like for a person like me that doesn't like a lot of people around me. Yeah. Like anxiety. We agree. We that, agree. That absolutely is like, oh, I'm going to get my coffee and get out of here. We but agree. Here's the thing. Like the exchange is the best thing that I could relate to. Uh, Cheers. The show from yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Where when All you right, walk so, in, okay. you just, everyone knows who you are. Right. So my man, Brian Grusey. Yeah. My man. Be right. Sup, be right. So when I pull up, he says, he said to me the other day, he said, bro, I'm so glad you park in front. And I said, well, if it's open, I do. And he said, when I see your car, you get the same thing every morning and I have it ready for you when you walk in the door. Uh, yeah. See, that's, that's my man. That's cheers like, right If there. there's a line, yeah, he's got it ready. Yeah. Like, and I'll pop the cash over to keep the change. Or if there's nobody in line, I'll pop the card in. And so, so guys like that, you go, this is the guy I, I want on my team because he's always looking forward mm -hmm. and reaching out. Like he's, he's, he's actually positioned himself to serve well. Yeah. Like he's, he's positioned himself mentally, emotionally, because to talk to all the people like he does, it's like, dear God in heaven. I like after the second person, I would want to reach the, across the counter and punch somebody in the throat because I don't, Bro, come on. Know what you want. You've been in line for 10 minutes. Why are you looking at the screen? Order. But he's so nice and kind yeah, and he's, sweet. He's, he's, got a, he's got a serving heart. Oh, card. that sounds good. Right. Yeah. And, let he, me get and he's a lot like me in regards to like large social settings yeah. aren't, his, aren't, his, uh, aren't his knack. But he, he, yeah, he's, he's amazing, uh, there. And the, the whole staff is, I mean, that it's, it's a, it's a great place. So all that to be said that, uh, the idea was that, you know, the, the church ended up starting that business mm -hmm. and then gave that business like to the business. Right. And then the church backed away from it. Yeah. And then now that business floats on its own. Yeah. If it, if and, and here, here's the other thing that's interesting is that, uh, all the people that work there don't all go to this church. Nope. Nope. No. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah. It's a super great place. Well, here's a, people, people don't have no idea that, there's a lot of people that have no idea that that business is, has has had a pastor in association with Life Church, yeah, or that its members, like its its upper management, is, yeah, is like regarded as staff, right, on our staff, right. Nobody uh, knows. Nobody I mean, knows. No, that. we don't. We don't. We don't toot the horn. And the, and that's just it. We the we we started this by a, saying we, we we should buy more real estate it, so we could. And that's what's so we, happening. Yeah. yeah. So how we got to all that to talk about having some. A, a better thing so we can mic up our guys on Thursday night. I'll never know, but it was a great commercial for the exchange mercantile coffee. Yeah. Eatery on yeah. And so as, as, as the future goes, like if we truly believe in our culture as yeah. a church and we believe in what we're doing, which bring is bringing people that don't know Christ to Christ. And then the people mm -hmm. that know Christ mm -hmm. raising them up. Yeah. Uh, then it would make a absolute sense that we should infect the business world. Yeah. That we should infect uh, I would go so far, and this is off the cuff, but we should infect how schools. Right. We should right. this culture of life giving and loving. Um, 
with a Jesus-centered focus should yeah. be in schools. You know, we did we did a thing last night, uh, Building a Discipleship Culture, which is a title off of a book by Mike Breen. And we, um, I say, myself and Dave DeShazer and the Connections team did yeah, this I love, thing. I love Dave. Yeah, he's a good dude. Oh, my goodness. Like, he's as old as the mountains, but he's <laughs> forgotten more about discipleship than most people know. Dave's the rock. It's like he just spits stuff out on Like, oh, no, you can't do that. Here's why I'm... Here and here's this long articulate. He's got a he's got a an IQ of 150. So he's he's on top of the clouds talking. Dave, bring it down. Dave, Dave, yeah. bring it down. But he can say stuff. And it it was like last night. There were so many people. There was over 30 people in the room, and we talked about two things: discipleship and evangelism, and how really, how really, uh, it's the same coin. Yeah, evangelism is something we do. Uh discipleship is something we become yeah and it's it's again we're talking about positioning yeah, that's, so that's that's a great way of putting it yeah and we, we positioned ourselves so we picked up a lot of people last night to serve but um let's talk about let's talk about the second thing okay like the second thing part um, two part two of this three-part series part two what if and and here's the part two uh what if you could position yourself any way you wanted to position yourself? What if you could do that? So are you saying geographically position myself? Or are you saying position myself as in setting the building blocks for me to advance in other aspects of life? Could be both. Okay. Like for my friend, Mark, Mark Olick, mm-hmm. like he had a dream, Green Bay guy, military, served in the military, had a great job here, but his dream was to move to Montana. And from the time I knew him till the time he left and went and moved there. Um, his dream was to move there. So now he lives on top of a mountain in a cabin. Yeah, I see the Facebook post. Bro, bro, if you if there's ever an apocalypse, you want to go to that dude's house. Uh-huh. And I'm right so there. glad and I I'm became friends with him before. I'm that. headed that way. Like <laughs> not to mention the fact that he's he's a Marine. So right. uh I so I helped him pack up his moving van right. on his way out. That was a big party that night, by that the was way. A, too. That was a big good pizza. Thanks, Mark. But yeah, the the he has the weaponry to to, well, <laughs> to protect does. me if, if like something it. goes wrong. Well, yeah, and he's the he's the man's man, but he had this <laughs> he had this dream to position himself geographically, but before he could position himself geographically, he had to position himself in other ways, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. He had to position himself financially. He had to position himself vocationally. So I think sometimes we get stuck on the positioning thing when we talk about position. We think if we move to a different place or go to a different place or buy a house across town, things are going to be different. And 99.9% of the time, that's not always true because we take baggage with us wherever we go. Well, yeah, the biggest baggage we take with us wherever we go is ourself, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, 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 that's actually profound. I was, I was a man that traveled the country in my twenties. Um, I, I was early to Christ when I did and, I, I, the, the, the catchphrase I say is I've been everywhere twice mm-hmm. except Las Vegas. I okay. never, I was never in Las you Vegas. You remember that all. song? I've been everywhere, man. You remember yeah. on the commercial? It's Johnny Cash. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I've been everywhere, yeah. man. I just, I've been everywhere. I just felt like Rabbi Matt there a little bit. Like he <laughs> sings on the podcast. Yeah. There, there, we'll shout out to that too. Uh, Rabbi and Pastor. Yeah. It's a new oh, season it's dropped. Ridicu- uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's actually Monday. ridiculous. Yeah. I, w- I produced the episodes, so I have a little skin in the game, and yeah. I, I like to think that the episodes are yeah. really, really good. I'm not on the microphone. I'm just producing in the right. background. Uh, download those. A rabbi and pastor walk into a 
into a bar. a bar is or is it a pastor yeah. and a rabbi walk into a bar? I think it should be past. I think I the, think it's a pastor I, and a rabbi. I think walk the into a Gentile bar. should precede the rabbi. Yeah, for some reason, it just seems like because the rabbi and a rabbi because the rabbi is wise. Yeah, it's like and a rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the rabbi. Yeah, yeah. Matt Rosenberg is because he's very wise. He's he's like he's a Yoda. A, yeah, he is. And listen to the first three minutes of that episode, and you're going to realize that this is your Yoda. But well, I'm thinking more like Yoda from Empire Strikes Back, right? Where he's, where he's kind of been in Dagobah for a yeah, while, and yeah. he's kind of like zany. Yeah. yeah, that's the Yoda I'm associating Rabbi. Yeah, he's a dude. <laughs> man. With. He's a dude. He he's 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 quirky enough that you want to go, bro. But then he's wise enough you want to go, bro. Yeah, he's <laughs> totally that. totally Yoda from uh, Empire. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, but positioning. You know, we can, we have to, we, there's more to positioning than geography. There's more to positioning than, than, Hey, I need to get a better job so I can make more money. You know, that's to be honest. And we had the part of this discussion last week, but to be honest with you, if, if we're not positioned in our heart and our mind and our emotions and our health, mental health, if we're not positioned well there, Having a better job's not the answer. Moving to a new house is not the answer. We've got to position position ourselves being solid. You know, I've I've heard for lots of years in circles that I ran in previously that a good man is a solid man. You you can count on a solid man because he's solid, he's fixed. He's not stubborn, he's not arrogant. But he's sure of himself because he's sure of who he is and where he's going. That's positioning. That's that's knowing the future. And I think sometimes, and I'd like to hear what you think about this. I think sometimes because we we have such a fear of the unknown in in our lives and our culture that we hesitate to position ourselves to move forward. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think I think that yeah. I think fear plays pretty much every, that is a root emotion. Uh, and by what I mean by that is that uh, emotions like anger and hatred, uh, apprehension, um, sadness, uh, despair, those aren't root emotions. That's not like a baseline emotion. It, it All of those emotions are actually formed of some sort of stem off of fear. Fear is its root emotion. You get hatred because you, and I think I'm going to pull a Yoda line. You get hatred because you have anger and you have mm-hmm. anger because of hate and hate mm-hmm. because of fear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all of those stem good. off of fear. It's true. I think that, I think Yoda actually said that and not planned in Empire Strikes Back. So yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's, but, it, but it holds true. Uh, fear is, a uh, is something not given by God. It's, it's, it's an absolutely an emotion governed by the enemy. You know, you know, what's interesting about that is that when you read scripture, and Paul says to Timothy, which pastor is doing a series now on Second Timothy, which is, is really good. Uh, Paul says to Timothy that you've not you've not been given a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. and that word spirit can actually mean a spiritual. It is a spiritual thing, but it can also be translated an attitude of fear. Right. Like spirit, fear is driven from the enemy by the enemy. In other words, we don't create fear for ourselves. Now I'm talking about an unholy, unscrupulous, destructive fear. Like 
I'm standing on the edge of a cliff and I should not get too close. That's a godly fear. Mm-hmm. So there's there's these yeah. two two sorts of fears right. that we have to be aware of, and we've got to respect the one and disavow and disregard the other because because the the scripture says we do not have to be afraid. No, no. So, so there's the, these two fears. The scripture only like the only element of fear that it actually emphasizes is the fear of God. You know, and, and fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord, yeah. but not even, but not like a, but not like a, and I, I want to say trembling fear because you should tremble mm-hmm. in fear, but you should, the fear is, is, is not the other types of fear. It's not a conventional type of fear that stems off of hatred and anger, though people do hate God because of some element of fear, mm-hmm. you know, people mm-hmm. hate other races because of some element of fear mm-hmm. you know? and ignorance. Ign- and that's and ignorance is based off of fear. And, you know, being ignorant is not except racism. I'm, I'm hard on, I have no mercy for racist people, but that's another time. Uh, but I think that ignorance is not a bad thing. It's just lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think when we're ignorant of what scripture says about fear, then, then we're going to be subject to paying its toll. We're going to be subject to being taxed mm-hmm. by fear. Yeah. The enemy doesn't really, I, in my experience in life, uh, maybe we could find a stat on this, but I don't know if there is one. The enemy really only plays in fear. The enemy doesn't play in, he doesn't toy with my happiness. He doesn't toy with my peace or joy. Like he doesn't distribute those things, right? Those are all rooted in God. The only thing he really can manipulate inside my head is some element of fear. So you've touched on something here that like, for example, when when the enemy and again this is this is all in the framework of positioning when the enemy uses fear he is he is actually tapping in on our concern for the unknown mm-hmm. what might happen yeah anything that i've been afraid that might happen once i so- settled myself and got solid on knowing what scripture said, it's like, no, that ain't going to happen. Well, even no. down to, even down to no. Adam and Eve, the, or, the original sin was based on, well, did God, what re- if? Did God really well, say that? Again, we're talking about what if, what, what yeah, what did if, he what say, if, I mean, yeah, so all, he, 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 can, he really only can manipulate fear. You know, that's the only, that's his only entry point into my life. Right. Is, is fear. The entry if point we, isn't. If it, we it, subject ourselves to it. Isn't in peace. Right. Peace is, no. peace is of the prince. No. Right. He doesn't come right. in through there. He only yeah. comes in through the door of fear. Like, did God really say, I mean, do you really think you need to do this? Right. What if you did that? And I that's, bet you'd be better if, the, I bet your life would be, quote, better that was pushing the and that that right there was pushing the agenda of choose your own thing make your own way Mm -hmm. but then there's this unknown thing because if i if i do this then this i hope this happens but if it doesn't i'm sunk so the last seven minutes the question was i think fear holds people back from positioning I, i definitely do it well fear and i think what fear creates here's what fear creates fear creates indecision and an indecisive man is a weak man driven and controlled by the wind and the waves of life. Yeah. I can definitely see the enemy in there manipulating those things 
keeping you from positioning yourself for mm -hmm. greater things, for better things, better things for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you really, hey guy, do you really need to do that? Guy, you're, mm. you're just fine where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. You know, you shouldn't aspire for anything more. You don't deserve anything more. Yeah. Do you think that once you get that more right. things, you actually can right. sustain it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the enemy. Yeah, and I feel like, Keith, on, on positioning, I think that many times the thing, the actual tool or weaponry that we have to attack fear, and I believe fear has to be attacked. It has to be attacked. Uh, the only thing that we have is, again, I'm a coin analogy guy, is the coin of, of faith and scripture. If I have faith in what God, and again, or to your point, back to the garden, did God really say, well, yeah, God said it. God said this about me, so I believe this. And sometimes believing this what God said is harder. It's a harder fight than just being afraid. In other words, for me, I've got to fight through sometimes the way I feel, think, the way I'm understanding things to believe what God said about me. But as I study and push forward and begin to ingrain that and change the, the neural pathways in my mind of thinking right things about myself, what God says about me, then I fill in those cracks that I've, I've said negative things and people have said negative things about me. And then I begin to believe those things. But when I begin to fill my mind with what God has said and I begin to believe those things, then fear begins to be eradicated because it's like, like for example, when uh, there have been a couple of times that uh, recently where I know for sure it was the enemy that said, you, you're going to die in a car wreck. And I, Immediately, I said, oh, no, I'm not. No, sir. No, I'm not. I didn't say sir to him, but I said, no, sir. And I actually said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Oh, well, your kids are going to die, and they're going to die alone and and beat up or whatever. And I said, no, no, they're not. No. And I think, I think when we position ourselves, we have to position ourselves. The first way that we have to position ourselves, the first thing to positioning well is to position ourselves as warrior kings. We've talked about warrior kings. But what we have to understand is that if we don't position ourselves as a warrior and a king, we're going to be manipulated by fear. We have to position ourselves there and understand that's who God's called us to be. Is not a subservient, passive person but one who's understanding and full in full knowledge of what God wants to do in our lives. Maybe not all the details and maybe not all the, the, the uh, destinations, but we know what he wants to do in our lives. Okay. So, uh, I, I, the positioning in, in regards to, to fear, what, what is a short takeaway? What is the remedy of fear? Do you believe? Clearly. What scripture says is that the spirit and the attitude and the pathway that God's given us is not fear, but of faith mm -hmm. and trusting. So if we're fearing, what we're doing is we're believing that the only, and this is, this is one of the things that I've worked through recently is, is if I'm fa falling and failing with fear, 
then what I've done is I've looked at what I can do to get myself out of this on my own strength, power, and resources. So then forever I would be stuck because God is a redeemer and a deliverer and a provider and a supplier. So fear is nothing more than simply a lack of faith? It's a lack of faith, but it's also self-dependence. In other words, I see I see the wreck that I am, and I see the, the situation that I'm in, and I understand that I'm the only one that can get myself out. Now, am I responsible for my actions? Yes, I am. But what I have to understand is that because I'm here, I'm, I'm in a place where I have no way out. And the only way that God can, that I can get out of this is for God to help me. So it's not necessarily you. It's more a dependence on God then. It's, it's truly dependence on God and believing what God said. Again, if you want to know what, what's happening in the real, real world today, go back to the garden. What if, what did God really say that that He is your provider, your supplier, your protector, your your leader? He goes before you, stands beside you. He's in front of you. He fights your battles. He listens to you. He is ever available. Or are you on your own and you have to dig yourself out of this hole? Okay, so fear being a lack of faith defined, the only remedy for it is 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 God. Well, f- b- believe. When I'm fearful, I believe, and this is this is a scary thing. When I'm fearful, I believe that I'm my only source of help and I'm my only way out. And that's not true. Uh, I can't protect my sons because they live in in Los Angeles and Dallas and and North Carolina. I can't protect them. I want to protect them, but I can't be there with them. But here's what I know: I can pray. And I can believe, and I can believe what God says about my sons mm-hmm. and that he loves them more than I could ever love them. And he has a plan for them more than, so he's the great protector. So when I fear, I'm fearing and believing that I'm the only one that can take care of them. But then I have to entrust my future to God and believe that he is the one. And I have to entrust so, myself to him. So I, I, I think that from a person interpreting, it, it, if if you didn't have faith that God was that, then you're stuck in fear. There's well, no remedy for well, it. Faith and trust. Mm-hmm. I can have faith all day that if I sit in this chair, it will never break and fall. But until I sit in the chair and prove it, I don't really know. Is is Are they one in the same faith and trust? Because wouldn't trust be the next step from faith? You can't have trust without faith, but you can have faith without trust. I would I would I would say this in my in my clarifying faith is a belief and an understanding that what God has said I embrace and I I take that as my own and I live that way out as I live that out I am trusting that he performs can it be the same I don't know if I can draw a line in there and say they're different, but I know they're fused together. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see it that you can't have trust without faith, but you definitely can have faith without trust. So trust is rooted in faith, like hatred is rooted in fear. You, 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 can, you can have fear without hatred, absolutely, but you can't have hatred without an element of fear. James says that, that we have to work and have faith. 
our work proves our faith mm-hmm. and our faith proves our work. So they're fused and they're tied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same with trust. If I believe that God said to, to go and do a certain thing, I believe that. But if I never go, if I never go and begin to live that out, I really didn't believe it. I just, uh, faith without yeah, works is dead. Faith without works is it's, dead. It's so, dead. Yeah. but works doesn't, doesn't make me faith, but, but I have to, yeah. I have to go do the job. So, so when we boil this, we start boiling this down and seeing what chemicals are in, in the pot after it's, it got real hot and boiled. It's, it's your, you, you're going to be afraid. That's like, there are fear. It's, it's in everyone there. For me, I look at fear like a, like we're coming out of a season of, of in the world of vaccinations and, and COVIDs and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people got uh, a vaccination, which is, which is great for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then this booster came out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I, I know that people were like, well, obviously I get a booster. Cause it's, it's just more of the RDNA that, this COVID has. And then other people were like, no, you don't need a booster. Right. But I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it all up like this, like fear. I'm, I'm going to get vaccinated from fear with the Holy spirit, with scripture, with prayer throughout all these Very things. Good. I it's good with throughout all these things. I remedy fear, but you know what? Every, every eight, nine months, maybe 10 months, maybe a new variant comes out. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is words that we all know. Cause we've all been hearing yeah. about it, but every yeah. now and again, I need a booster. Yeah. Now I could sit on my laurels and be like, well, nope, I, I thought I, I solved that nine months ago with prayer and scripture, mm-hmm. but my booster is like, oh, I need more prayer and scripture, but I but need, I need more faith. You've hit on, you've hit on something here where again, um, the booster part I think is a built in part of, of the community, the community, uh, community, communitas Greek word that is we have this community this fellowship of mm-hmm. brothers and believers and and if we're always see when I when I talk about when I think about testing my faith I want to do it with my my brothers on Thursday night mm-hmm. I want to test my faith I want to talk about my faith and test it and have them and we do we shoot back at each other like in a very a very creative positive way like it's very Iron sharpening iron kind of a thing, which which is another topic, but nonetheless, when when we are fine tuning our faith, and we're working it, and we're testing it, and we're pushing we're pushing the envelope, so to speak, with our faith, we we enter into this place where fear almost becomes a sidelined issue, because we're so focused on. This is what faith says. This is what faith does. This is what I can anticipate from faith. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, not to say that fear dissipates or never comes again, but like it's not as powerful. It's not as strong. No, it's I, not as effectual. I'm, I'm a person that needs to get a booster frequently with, with faith. Because uh, like I, I am a, I'm a fearful person by nature. And people that know me probably would say the opposite. Like I'm courageous and like I'm a, I'm a leader that is always running in a battle, but it's fear. Fear is such an anchor point in my life. And because of, because of which my faith is lacked. And again, people would say you have, you lack faith. I, I do. I'm a person that saw a transformation in my life take place. And yet still I, I, 
I, I have I, I lack faith in, in moments and elements. And I know this because things like depression creep up frequently in my life. Things like fear freak up pop up frequently in my life. Um, I'm not an angry person by nature, but I'm a sad person by nature, and that pops up very frequently. And if I had faith that God would deliver for me every single day, and I and I and I practice those steps every single day, monotonously and and religiously, then I don't think that they would pop up so frequently in my life. And in seasons when I do, when I'm when I'm really on it, and seasons come and go weekly for me, but my life is fantastic because I'm because I'm doing those steps like we're saying today, positioning myself to be successful in God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And successful in God's kingdom for me is being. A, a being a disciple and being happy. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a gigantic benchmark for mm-hmm. me. Just being happy mm-hmm. is it when I'm, when I'm happy, I know I'm doing things right. Mm-hmm. And then the enemy comes in and, and, and talks me out of it. And then God comes and tests me on it because mm-hmm. God will test me on it until the lesson's learned. Yeah. You know, one of the interesting things about uh position is that, People who play first string sports, they're like they're on the the starter, they're the starter team. Uh, They have a well-defined life. They have a a well-defined process. They have a well-defined schedule. And they, I, I heard a thing the other day, Keith, that said, you know, we hear all the time practice makes perfect. It actually, it doesn't. Practice, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So what we practice becomes permanent in our lives. So to your point, when I practice meditation on scripture, when I practice prayer, when I practice listening to God and finding the direction he wants for me to take, then I'm positioning myself to be a solid man, to be a, to be, to be a guy. And in this day, Men have to be warriors. They have to be fighters. If they're not, they're in trouble. Because we have to fight for ourselves, our family, and our future. But in that, we have to understand what God has said about us, how he's positioned us, how he's empowered us to do that. And if we're not understanding those things, if we're not understanding that God has positioned us well as men who follow him, as we follow him closely, these things are worked out of our lives and they surface and we address and they surface and we address and they surface and we address and we become stronger and better and more resilient and more effectual because we understand that that this is who I was and this is partially who I am. But in Jesus, I'm this guy. And that's the guy I want to that's that's the guy I want to be is the guy in Jesus. That's the guy that I want to become is I want to become the man that, that that the Lord Jesus himself designed me to be and for me to pattern myself after him to be that guy. Okay, well, how do we do it then? How do we position ourselves? What's the solution to uh, if, if we're talking about men lacking positioning themselves to be successful in God's kingdom, to be successful husbands and fathers and brothers and neighbors? What's what, what? What's the solution then? Um, I think one of the things that we have to be really clear on, the, the truth of the matter is, is 
is first of all in the positioning piece is we have to really know where we are. We have to have a realization and a clear understanding of where we're located. In other words, have we assessed ourselves and our situation well? And, and the way that we do that is we have to find a model that's worthy of imitation. We've talked about this before in podcasts, previous podcasts. Do I live a life worthy of imitation? So who am I imitating? Well, because we all imitate somebody. So who am I going to imitate? So I have to assess, first of all, who is it that I am, I am patterning my life after? Who am I? Who am I wanting to be like? Because we all want to be like somebody. We all see things in different people that oh, I, I want to possess that. I want to have that power. I want to have that insight. Well, the very best is I believe in my heart the Lord Jesus, but also other people that have have mastered the following. Yeah. Not not become perfect, but they've mastered the following of Jesus. I would I would agree with that and. Like, so if we model our life after Jesus, that's a pretty high benchmark that a person like myself could get discouraged quickly because like, well, I can't, he was perfect. Right. And so when we say model our lives after Jesus, we're, we're saying strive for it, right? Strive for perfection, but settle for excellence. Right. And we're back to that thing where we we're trusting and working toward. Yeah. We're trusting and working toward because if, 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 uh, the scripture says that we are beloved sons, then we're beloved sons. And if if scripture says that Jesus himself said, if you're my disciple, I'll be with you always. I'm, ne- I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to had this discussion with people about, well, I don't feel like, I feel like God's mad at me and he's left me. I, first of all, if we just thought through it, and I think we mentioned this last week, God God will not leave or forsake us because if he did, he would be a father who abandons his children. And he, he can't do that. He can't abandon his kids. Well, it, He's it, not an he, abandoner. And here's the thing in 2 Timothy, Timothy as well, that he won't abandon you because if, if he's in you and you in him, then he is you. And right, he can't abandon right. himself. He, he, Jesus said that if, if you obey my commands, you do what I say. I live in you, you live in me, mm-hmm. and, the, and the Father is pleased. We are in yeah. the Father. Yeah. We we together, you and Jesus, are together in the Father. So let's think about this for a minute. When we feel like we're alone and fear says you're alone, actually, no. Jesus himself said that the language the devil speaks in First John, he said the language the devil speaks is his native language, and he is a liar. Mm-hmm. So anytime the devil speaks, he lies. Even if he quotes scripture, he's quoting it intentionally wrong and trying to confuse. We, he's a confuser. He's not going to come along and bless us. He's not going to come along and help us. So when we understand that we're in Jesus, Jesus is in us, and we are both in the Father, then we've positioned ourselves because we've assessed who we truly are. That's who we truly are. Yeah, it's impossible for the Lord to disown himself. Well, in today, you know, there's, there's only two of these things. There's the assessment, knowing who we are, we're in Jesus. And then there's the the other thing about number two is once we've assessed and we understand and we know Jesus and we begin to follow and we begin to imitate and mimic and practice, 
we have to begin to live out and lean into the things that he did and what he said to do. We have to begin to practice the Jesus lifestyle. How do you practice being like Jesus? He was a truth teller. He was full of the spirit. He showed mercy and grace. He stood for bringing glory to God and God alone. He, he was always on scene and he always had the right things to say. He always was in a place where he was in tune with his father. Jesus said, I only say and do what my father, what I've seen my father do. So if we're spending time with the father and we're understanding who he is and what he's doing, and then we mimic what he's doing in the power of the spirit, then we're doing the, the same that we're practicing and imitating the actions of Jesus. We're becoming Jesus. We are, we are in faith living out. We're doing what Jesus would do. We're practicing what Jesus would do. And if you want a visual, I'd find some people that are practicing those principles and put them in your life. That's what I did. So I yesterday was uh, Brian Russo's birthday. Brian Russo, uh, w- when he lived in Green Bay, was a was a worship leader for for the church. Um, he now lives in Nashville, and he's uh, I think the creative director at Belonging Co., which is a yeah massively gigantic church. And Brian Russo oversees the creative department. Um, well, all that to be said, yesterday was his birthday, and I texted him a message. Yeah. On people's birthdays, I like to yeah. text messages and then to say nice things that how they affect my life. And I, I wrote him a sentence that is 100% accurate. I, I said, in, in the last seven years that I've known you, you're somebody that I aspire to be like because you are so close to being like Jesus. Mm. And that's that's 100% accurate. Brian, Me and Brian met, and I've made it a point that I stay in contact with him even after he moved because I he is a living example of how Jesus operates for me. Is he perfect? No. No, no. And that's the thing. If we shoot for that perfection and we're not going to hit it, that could discourage us to not even want to do it, right? That old saying, strive for perfection and settle for excellence. It doesn't say strive for perfection and settle for perfection. Because excellence isn't perfection. Excellence is almost, it's pretty good. Do you know what the word actual, do you know what the word uh, Jesus said, uh, be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. Do you know what that word perfect means actually Mm. in the Greek? What's that? It actually means be mature, mature to, to, to the, to the minute where you are. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you're living the same way you did six months ago, you're, you're, you're not mature. You're six, you're six, you're you same age six months. Mm-hmm. We age chronologic, chronologically second by second, literally. So our growth in the Lord should be at the same rate. Like I'm always maturing in the Lord. I'm always fashioning my thoughts. I'm always taking every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. I'm always seeking joy. I'm 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 not as distracted with the little things. So as we become mature in the Lord and we begin this this ongoing conversation with the Lord and and as the Holy Spirit speaks into our lives and we begin to pick up these things and we begin to become what our narrative says, 
we begin to mature and we begin not only to to understand who Jesus has created us to be, but we also begin to learn this walking out, this practicing, this imitation of, of Christ. There's a great book that I have in my library. It's The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Aquinas, and it's an old book. But here's the thing. As I just seek more of, of him and about him, I become more like him. Because there's the rub, Keith. There's the real rub is I've got this knowledge about Jesus is that that he did nothing in his life that didn't bring glory to God. If you just strived, if I just strived for that for the rest of my life and everything I said, did, thought, worked, planned to bring glory to God, it would take me three eternities to, to even get close to mastering just bringing glory to God. Mm-hmm. And there are little things that Jesus did that, like, I enjoyed this story about him flipping tables. I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed about him healing the paralytic or the guy that had been laying at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. I, I enjoyed that. Like, that, that, that's, I'd like to do that. But the little things he did to, to take him to the big things, we want to do big things in our lives, but we can't do the big things until we've done these little things to begin to measure articulately and mentally what Jesus did and begin to walk it out. Okay. That's a lot. I, it, you know, it may be too much. It may be the three shots in the dark roast. I don't know, but it just didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. And that's a, that's uh for so like a like a person like me that I hear that and that's such a almost seems like an impossible task. It's not impossible because if I'm if I'm having if I'm having an ongoing conversation in my heart and mind and my life with the Lord, Paul says, "Pray without ceasing all the time, without ceasing." We're going, we're going to have conversation with either ourselves, other people, or the Lord. And when I'm talking about positioning, I'll throw this in, which would seem obvious, and that's probably why I waited to last. GPS is global positioning system, and everybody has GPS now on their phones and cars. But I think our our GPS system, our global positioning system, our positioning system with Jesus is this this ongoing conversation and listening and mimicking the the work and life of Christ. We have to believe it first. Like we talked about a while ago, we have to believe that we're beloved sons and then we have to believe it's our duty to walk it out and to lean into it and to serve and to do and to become and to have these conversations with God and with other people. And when we do that, we're going to get to a place and a position where we can look forward and we can begin to assess, okay, here's the next move. And here's the thing about being in conversation with Jesus all the time and not yourself. Because you can say some harsh, mean things to yourself and and throw yourself off track. But when we have this conversation, it's as though as we listen to the words of Jesus, his words fall from his mouth simultaneously into our hearts 
and on a pathway that leads us to the next place. I, I've seen it. I believe it. And I'm, I'm striving to be that in, in every moment of my life. To your point, is it possible to be perfect without, without error and mistake? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But we can be mature in every moment. Right. How do you eat an elephant? <laughs> well, one bite at a time. Bite yeah. at a time. Yeah. With, with some hot sauce. Texas Pete. Hey, you know, and bring some ranch in every now and again just to change up the flavor. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So I, I position, I, have, I put people in my life that uh, they aren't perfect. I'm not perfect, but they have something I want and I want to learn how to get it. And some, some of those are in kindness. Some of those are these people have mastered positivity. These people have mastered social skills that I want. And I get these people as close as I can to my circle. And then I take little elements from each one of these people. And then at the end of the day, the sum of all those parts make me. And I'm a work in progress. I'm just eating an elephant one spoonful at a time. You know, that's really good right there because in in all these people, as they become and as they share these these different things that they're becoming in the Lord, is that really it's the Lord in them working through them that we can experience and enjoy as well. Yeah. And that, it's, it's it's this whole communitas thing where we're we're becoming one with Jesus and each other. We're in the Lord; He's in us, and we're in the Father. This is, that's that's truly positioning. I I don't I think it's impossible to 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 do it successfully without community. Well, you know? no, yeah, we've proved that. We've yeah. proved that, and I think when we when when fear creeps in most, I feel the most bold embolden spiritually on Thursday nights and on Sunday mornings. Yeah. I would say me too. Yeah. But that's the Thursday night thing is my, it's my pocket of people that, that I do life with, that I can be honest with and be real with. And if you don't go to a Thursday night, you know, you're like, well, I work Thursday night, make it on a Monday night. Find your Thursday somewhere with some dudes, man. Do it. Do it. Get a group of people that, will make you better and you can better them. And that's positioning yourself. In in prayer and meditation, that's positioning yourself. Reading scripture, that's positioning yourself. Jesus had 12. Yeah. And and he wasn't just preaching to them all the time. He was in relationship with them. He was together with them, mm-hmm. right? And he needed 12. Yeah. So we need we need our guys, man. And sometimes, as we as we wrap this episode too, sometimes positioning is geographically moving. It is, you know. So I, I can't if it I want, if I want to study the Pacific Ocean, I probably need to be pretty well, near it. You need to live somewhere between San Diego, San Diego, Santiago, <laughs> San Diego, and and um, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, Washington. It'd be really difficult for me to do it from Green Bay. Oh you yeah. Know? So. I mean, there's some obvious geographical things. If I want to do things, I need to position myself geographically to be mm. able to fulfill these things. But to do, but to do the, the geographical lo- relocation, we, we've got to be we've got to be positioned well, imitating Jesus and living His life, leaning out, leaving, leaning. Yeah, geographical locational changes aren't usually the cure for anything, but they uh, they can, they can assist in advancing. But they're Absolutely. they're they're never a cure for anything else because you're just bringing yourself so mm-hmm. this is a good episode we have one more week left on uh on this particular episode uh series uh what's next week gonna be that one is what if you could be anything you wanted to be 
Okay, and that's different than what if you could... Uh, what, what was the first episode? The first episode was what What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Okay, so... The second episode today, this was position... Where, where do you want to position yourself? What do you want to do? What did you want to do? Yeah. Where did you want to be in position? Position. And then what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Yeah. Okay. Like, who is it that you want to be? Do you want to be an international man of mystery mm-hmm. like Austin Powers? Or yep. do you want to be this business guy? Or do you want to, do you want to just be a, a, a guy who loves his fan? What, what, what do you okay. want to, what do you want to be? Cool. We'll touch, we'll touch on that next week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Father Seekers podcast. If you liked what you heard and believe that, somebody in your circle could benefit from it, uh, share the link with them. Um, also write and review, uh, uh, of the podcast, you know, rate it rating helps a lot, but write some reviews too, because, uh, well, that just, it just brings more attention to the podcast and which is ultimately bringing more attention to, um, building up Jesus people. So, Hey, thank you for joining us on this episode. Um, do you have anything else to close with? No, I just want to be, I want guys to be encouraged to know that, that it's not over. You, you don't quit. Don't think that you can fix the past because you can't, but you can address the past, learn from it, and create new pathways to the future of legacy and destiny. Awesome. I'm Pastor Keith at for Pastor Barry. We're signing off. We'll see you guys next week.